youtube.com slash mayhew mayhem. That's youtube.com slash m-a-y-h-e-w-m-a-y-h-e-m. Welcome to another episode of 30 Minutes of Mayhem. I am your host, my name is Michael Mayhew, and I am here with my co-hosts. Hey everybody, I'm James, and the guy who likes to fuck dead bodies. Sup everybody, it's me, Greg. 30 Minutes of Mayhem is available on YouTube, iTunes, Android, Stitcher, and Spreaker. All you have to do is search Mayhem Mayhem. That's M-A-Y-H-E-W-M-A-Y-H-E-M. And make sure to rate us five stars. Also, you can help us afford to continue doing the show by donating to 30 Minutes of Mayhem via PayPal. Just use the email address in the description, 30minutesofmayhem at gmail.com. Like I said, welcome to 30 Minutes of Mayhem, the podcast your mother can be ashamed of. And tell me, Greg, why is this the podcast your mother can be ashamed of? Because we have a registered pedophile joining us tonight. He's not exactly registered, but that is correct. Lock your doors. Lock your wives. I don't even fucking know because he's raping everybody out there. I, I fucked up that joke. So, as Greg so uh, happened to spoil the surprise, to my dismay, we have a very not-so-special-at-all guest. Hi, I'm Nick from uh, YouTube.com slash the Tic Tac Man. And how are you doing, Nick? Oh, you know, I'm, I'm hanging in there. You no, know, got this ankle bracelet. It's nice. I can't leave the house. We also have another guest, which he has got to be fucking stupid to be on here yet again. Fifty episodes ago, we had this particular person. That person is Adam. Hi, everybody. How's it going? Are you regretting your decision already to be on the podcast again? I regret everything. I figured as much. (laughs) Now, it has been 50 episodes since you have been on. Do you feel like that's uh, too much time or not enough time? I think it's just the right amount of time. Ah, that soup is the perfect amount of warmness. So, before we actually get started in what we're going to talk about tonight, I want to um, kind of not so much ask you guys a question and not so much tell a story. It's kind of like a rhetorical thing, right? Have you ever been down there just eating pussy, right? You're just down there getting at it and you're just... Because you have no, no idea what the fuck you're doing down there. I mean, no one ever helped you out. No one ever told you, like, yeah, that works or that doesn't work. So you really don't know what you're doing. So you're just like, it's like you're trying to, I don't know, eat pasta without chewing. I I don't know how how to put it, but you're just down there going at it, right? And you don't know if it's working for her. But then, you know, while you're down there going at it, you you just catch a little glimpse of that dirt star. You catch a little glimpse of that butthole. And you think for, like, just this split second in your mind, like, I wonder if I just if I just toss that salad, what'll happen? Like, wh- how will she react to it? And you and you, you debate it while you're just down there, because you have no idea what you're doing. And you're just sitting there thinking, like, maybe I just toss her salad. And then, then you snap back to reality, and you're like, nope, poo-poo comes out of there. I would say she duke you on your tongue. You know, I'm not going to toss a salad, but uh, I have absolutely no problems with putting my penis in there. No? No one? I thought Nick might enjoy that. (laughs) I'm sitting here and I'm just like, there are times where I've been like, I would totally go ass to mouth in in the moment of passion. And then as soon as logic kicks in, I'm like, oh no, that's terrible. Why would I? And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the reason why this is the podcast your mother can be ashamed of. 
And at this point, Adam, you are in full regret of being involved with the show more than what you were before. So let's just go ahead and uh, get right into this first topic. And that topic is schizophrenia. Some of you may know. Adam, uh, you got a bachelor's degree in psychology, correct? Yes, that is correct. Um, educate us a little bit about uh, schizophrenia. Okay, uh, for starters, let's go ahead and start with a uh, disclaimer. Under no circumstances what I'm, is what I'm about to say uh, to be used as a diagnostic source. Uh, it's purely educational. If you do have schizophrenia or believe that you do have uh, schizophrenia, please contact you know, a professional. If you do, get help. The definition for schizophrenia is a chronic psychotic disorder characterized by disturbed behavior, thinking, emotion, and perceptions. Uh, well, schizophrenia only uh, impacts about 1% of the population. Like we think, oh, you know, that person's probably schizophrenic, or oh, that guy is hallucinating, he's, he's schizophrenic. Really, only one out of every, like, 100 people is schizophrenic. It's very, you know, very low ratings. Okay, well, there's no real cause of schizophrenia. We still don't really understand, you know, the causes of schizophrenia. But we do have, you know, some evidence to support some theories. Uh, one of them is called the diathesis stress model. Essentially, what it's saying is if there's a genetic predisposition, like say your great 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 grandfather, you know, was sent to a, an asylum for schizophrenia, those genes, his genes, passed on to you, so you have possibly have the gene for schizophrenia. Now, this gene needs to be activated. So that comes with the environmental stresses. Diathesis is a genetic predisposition and the stress. So you have the gene, it's activated by the environmental stress, and that's what brings rise to schizophrenia. <laughs> Usually it happens around uh, young adulthood. Your life's getting the most stressful. You know, you're going to think about colleges, high school, stressful, things like that. Okay, and there's also something called the, do the dopamine hypothesis. This dopamine hypothesis states that there's too much dopamine, so it screws with the, the brain development, the brain functioning. That's how you get schizophrenia. Well, then you also got uh, viral infections during pregnancy. You know, women get you know, infected with a virus. It messes with the prenatal development of the fetus's brain. It causes brain abnormalities, which is the fourth theory, that when someone's brain is developing or, you know, say some trauma, the brain becomes abnormal or it you know, becomes damaged and doesn't function correctly. And it produces either schizophrenia or schizophrenic-like symptoms. Yeah, that's the main causes I like to talk. I wanted to talk about. There's some okay. about like you know environment, you know family nurturing kind of stuff, but that isn't. There's not really much uh, evidence for it, and there's not really a whole lot of you know credibility with those theories. I'm gonna talk about symptoms now. There's many different types of symptoms. I chose three of them. Three that were the most you know prevalent things that people think of the most when they think of schizophrenia. Uh, one of them is called delusions. We have, uh, there's many different types of delusions as well. There's something called delusion of persecution. You know, the government's trying to turn me into a cat. You know, CIA's out there out mm -hmm. to get me. You know, just paranoia. There's uh, delusions of grandeur. You know, Nick is familiar with this one. You got an inflated sense of importance to the world, or, you know, you believe yourself to be a messiah figure. I just like to point out that those people in my cult would have nothing to do with their lives without me. They'd be <laughs> out there starving to death on the streets. I gave them a home. I gave them a god to believe in, a god they can trust. Okay, well, there's also something called thought insertion, where the person believes that they're thinking someone else's thoughts. You know, say you're just sitting at home watching TV, all of a sudden Nick's thoughts pop into your head. You know, that's terrifying. People, like, say telepathy, where you can read someone else's mind, only you can't control it, and their thoughts are being broadcast into your head. But... The thing is, you're not actually thinking their thoughts. It's completely, you know, it's in your head. It's what you would think they would think, essentially. Yeah. And there's something called uh, thought broadcasting, which is the belief that other people can hear your thoughts. You know, mm -hmm. the common example is, it's probably bad to say it, but the people, you know, with the tinfoil hats and stuff, 
because so he, the government can't read your mind. That's pretty much a, a good example of thought broadcasting. Hallucinations too, you know, with uh, there's different types of hallucinations too. You think, oh, people just hear voices and see things. No, it's more than that. But uh, auditory hallucinations occur 75% of people of the time with schizophrenia. 75% of people with schizophrenia have auditory hallucinations of some degree. There's also visual hallucinations, uh, tactile hallucinations, you know, sense of touch, you know, you're feeling something weird that's not there. Gustatory hallucinations, you know, you're tasting something that you're not eating or drinking. And olfactory, you're smelling things that aren't there. Okay, well, there's no cure for schizophrenia. It's still, there's no cure for it. It's people just have to be treated. There's two fronts to the treatment of schizophrenia. One is the biological. It's uh, antipsychotic medication, you know, things like Haldol, Clozapine, Risperidone, Thorazine, basically all these, you know, tranquilizers or, you know, psychoactive medications to help people get their brains under control. But the problem with taking uh, uh, psychiatric medication, antipsychotic medication, is that you have risks of something called tardive dyskinesia, involuntary movements caused by long-term use of antipsychotic medication. And there's another thing called the rule of fourth, which is which plays into the uh, socio-environmental impact of treatment. Like you can't just give someone a drug and expect them, you know, shut out the door. But many people, you, they end up in either group homes of other people with schizophrenia or other people with mental illnesses. It's like a re- residency place. They can go, they can live, they can learn, so they can function well in society. And there's something called the rule of fourths, which I thought was interesting. One-fourth of all patients who are diagnosed with schizophrenia are able to just to live with it. It's a mild case. They can function with it. They just you know, have the schizophrenic-like symptoms, but they're able to function normally in society. The next fourth of patients can function with help from medication. These are people with schizophrenia who have it a moderate case. They need the medication in order to be you know, functional. The other uh, fourth of patients require medication and they have to live in a group home as well. They're functional, but they're, they still need to be watched, still need to be you know, monitored. And the other fourth require institutionalization. They can't they can't live out in the world, they can't function well, they're even with medication it's still hard. That's a severe case, a profound case of schizophrenia. Now you were you were talking about um, auditory hallucinations. To to kind of expand on that, if someone's like talking, like holds like I'm, I'm I mean full blown conversations with themselves, like just talking out loud to themselves, full blown conversations that you and I would be having right now, but just with themselves. Is that something that falls under, like, your auditorial hallucinations? Like, I don't know if, like, maybe they hear somebody and they're talking to them, but they're really talking to themselves. Does that, like, fall in the same category, or...? or... Unless it's, like, an auditory hallucination where, you know, it's a completely different person talking to them. Like, say, like, a monster under the bed, or, you know, that you're 50 years old and you're still talking to a monster under the bed. If it's yourself, really, that's not really a hallucination. It's more like you're having a conversation with your inner monologue, essentially. That might be a, a symptom of the symptom, might be a, a side effect of the symptom of the hallucination, but really without knowing what the cause of the, the conversation, conversating, conversation of speaking, you can't really say if that was schizophrenia or not. Uh, basically, you got to look at the cause of the behavior. If it's a hallucination or like something's telling the person to you know, do something or is arguing with the person, then it can be considered a hallucination. You're looking at the side effect of a possible a possible symptom and not a symptom itself. That might be a red flag that something might be wrong, but it's not t- necessarily a symptom. Yeah, so, so basically could be, not so sure, because more uh, research would need to be done. Yeah, testing, diagnostic, diagnosis would have to be performed. You um, one time hit Nick's mailbox backing out of his driveway. <laughs> Twice. 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 Okay, whatever. <laughs> Only once. 
Okay, so say no, you, I never do it. Okay, so you hit Nick's mailbox when backing out of his driveway once. Okay, and um, you know that it was your fault. But like, let's say you blamed it on the mailbox. Like it was the mailbox's fault. Had the mailbox not have been there, you wouldn't have hit it. And it's not that you're just kind of like, you know, where uh, say you trip on a chair and you're like, oh damn, chair jumped out and grabbed onto me. You know, you're not being that. You're being dead ass serious. Like it's the fucking mailbox's fault for fucking being there. Because if it wasn't there, I wouldn't have hit it. Yes, it is possible because it's a uh, a distorted view of reality. You know, thinking that the mailbox, you know, has a personality and had the means to, you know, get out of the way, but it just didn't. You know, that's a possible red flag for schizophrenia. But it also could be, you know, many other things too. The schizophrenic symptoms are also some schizophrenic symptoms are also shared by other mental illnesses. So, but yeah, I would just, I would say it's possible. Everybody else is like. Hang on, wait. We're 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 covering something serious on this this podcast. I'm I'm confused about what I'm supposed to do. Am I just supposed to sit here and be quiet? There's a there's a major stigma with uh, schizophrenia and mental illness in general. But really, all that schizophrenia is is a misfiring of the brain for whatever reason. You know, violent schizophrenics are very rare. It's very very rare. And we're talking about psychologists, psychology, uh, psychiatry, whatever. And I mean, they're doctors. I mean, right? You know, I mean, technically, if you're if you're practicing in the field, I mean, you're a doctor, right? Um, am I wrong? Fuck it. I don't care if I'm right or wrong. Let's start to actually cuss and say ba- uh, bad things now because we're trying to be so nice to begin with. But before we move on, like Adam said at the beginning, if you do fear anything about you might possibly have schizophrenia or anything like that, uh, actually consult a mental a medical professional because we are not by any means medical professionals so consult them not us although Uh, adam is going to be on my payroll and if ever i seek another mate he will uh, vet them for me okay so now on that note let's talk about uh, doctors about medical professionals do you think that doctors make entirely too much money for the little bit of work that they actually do I'm not so much talking about surgeons, because that's a whole different conversation. I'm talking, you go to the ER, and because you nearly cut your finger off, right? So you go to the ER, and uh, you, you're you looking down in your hand, and you can see your tendons and shit moving around. You need, a, you need a surgeon at this point to fix your fucking hand. But the doctor at the ER makes entirely too much money. What do, what do you think? Do doctors make too much money, or what? I don't really know how to respond to this, because... Uh... Good answer, Nick. For one thing, uh, I'm <laughs> kind of uh, against socialized medicine and all that, and I mean, I'm not sure how it's going to come out, depending on what I say. Uh, I don't know, uh, I guess. I mean, I don't think that, you know, we should lower their pay or anything. I mean, because I, what the fuck do I know? I'm just, I'm not a doctor, but uh, I mean, I do think some of them do kind of make a little too much money for a little amount of work they do in a lot of cases i i really do feel that they they make too much money and one of the stems from that is uh pharmaceutical companies give them kickbacks for writing prescriptions and stuff like that and i feel when you're making that much money as they already are you should be the standard for moral integrity pharmaceutical companies giving you kickbacks like that giving you money for writing prescriptions for their drugs that causes so many problems, so many. Adam over here can attest to that, especially in the field of psychology. Oh, yeah, don't get me started on uh, medica- uh, psychiatrists and prescribing medication. I, don't get me started on that. 
I agree with Nick about the pharmaceutical side of it, the kickbacks and stuff. Yes, I believe that that should be regulated, that should be con- controlled. Doctors should not get kickbacks because of prescribing medications. The thing is, though, too, like Greg said, uh, you know, what for the little work that they do. Well, what is it the doctors do? That that's that's the thing. That's the thing that gets me. Like you, you go to the ER and you deal with nurses and shit. I've said this before on previous episodes, and I'll and I'll and I'll say it again here is that the the bottom of the totem pole when it comes to the medical field is the ones that do all the fucking work. The CNAs or STNAs, whatever, wherever you live, whatever they call them, the nurses' aides, are the ones that do, like, the majority of the fucking shit. They, they deal with all the bullshit. They're the ones that do just, they go through so much shit just to get shit on. And then the higher you work up the totem pole, the less and less work that the people actually do, but the higher the fucking pay grade is. That's pretty we, much how it is for any profession, actually. The thing but, is that... Right, but with um, let me get to my point here. With the doctors, especially if you talk about an uh, about an ER doctor, they go, they do all the shit. Like, say you need an X-ray or whatever on your ankle, the doctor looks at the X-ray and they're like, "All right, your ankle's broken or your ankle's not broken." That's it. And then the, the nurses or whoever else is in there does all all the rest of the work. But yet the doctor's making more money than what they are. I mean, granted, the doctor goes to school for longer, and by all means, I do believe that for example i have an associate's degree adam has a bachelor's degree let's just say i had an associate's in psychology or he had a bachelor's in graphic design whichever way you want to take it because he has a higher level of education than me if we're going for a job and let's say that whatever the amount you're getting paid is say i get paid 15 dollars an hour um for with my associate's degree adam should be getting paid like at least 20 dollars an hour because he has a bachelor's degree somebody with a master should be paid you know $25 an hour. Somebody with a doctor, you know, whatever, $30 an hour. Yes, there should be a higher pay for the for the extended amount of time that they've went to school, but like I feel like it's just not quite justifiable when you talk about like ER doctors when they just do not do that much to get they're, paid they're, all kinds of re- money. The returns for what they put into it are significantly more like you can even compare them to something like a prescribing nurse which is close to the same amount of time not uh, not not like there a, but a nurse practitioner is what, yeah. is what you're trying to get yes at. significantly more than what other people put in and yet that doctor makes just stacks above well look at it this way too uh get back to to start with the education uh doctors go through four years or four years of regular college pre-med then he also has it which is you know as many people like me i have i got student loans to pay that is a heck of a lot of money to, in order to put towards that and then not only do they have to pay for those four years, they got to go four more years to go to med school. That's four more years of you know very expensive education. So not only did they pay for the student loan debt, there's that, which is puts a lot of doctors at, at least at first when they're going through their first part of their career, that puts them in debt. Well, the second the, part is the first few months, and then they got that all paid back, and then they're just well, rolling in the fucking too. bank. There's there's not all the doctors come out when they come out, they're making you know, buku bucks. Right. There's interns, and then there's you know residences, and then when you get to be attending or higher, that's when you actually make the big money. Is anybody who watched Scrubs, you know? Yeah, that's where I went uh, when you were talking about it. But anyways, go on. Okay. Uh, then you got the the what they do. Well, yeah, the nurses say my mom was a registered nurse. I heard all the time about how you know doctors you know are full of crap and how you know some doctor did something stupid or said something stupid. Well, look at it this way. Yeah, the people at the very bottom do the most work and get the most crap. The higher you go, the more responsibility you have. The more and the more specialized. Long, the more the bigger the repercussions. Like, say, 
a doctor. Like he saw, he looked at your X-ray, or he or she looked at your X-ray. What they said, like if it's broken or not. If it's broken and they say it's not, then you know it's shit. You know they get sued. They get. Not in this area. They don't get sued. That's just the standard here. They don't know what the fuck's going on. Greg could walk in there right now and do the same fucking thing that they're doing. The thing is, though, too, reading an x-ray. Like, how many people can actually look at an x-ray and say, oh, that's a tumor, or oh, that's a... People that are a radiologist or whatever that are trained yeah. to fucking do that. But so. then, okay, you say radiologist. But then the doctor has to decide what to do next, what medication to give, whether to get a consult, whether to take to a surgery, surgeon, whether, whether to... You know what I'm saying? There's th- at least thousands and upon thousands of different medication, different symptoms they have to memorize and have to learn, have to be able to prescribe in an instant like ER doctors yeah you you walk in with a, with a broken ankle they look at an x-ray what about the person next time the next person comes in with a gunshot wound that's there's split second decisions that have to be made and they have to be the ones to make those decisions like nurses yeah they could after a lot of experience really like a nurse first coming out probably wouldn't really know what to do whereas a doctor has at least some education to be able to and, figure out how to do it and and there is there is also uh the field or specializations because nurses are trained to do a shit ton of things but don't really exactly focus in one area doctors some do like, to be honest yes, yes, uh, they do yeah, oh, do it depends it depends like you have uh, the the nurses uh, you have i know you have like like, like, the, si- like a psychiatric ward and then you have stuff like uh, uh, icu med, and stuff like it, that like med med sec or whatever there's different but the, yeah they have different branches that they but then surgical you, nurses there's uh yeah nurses there's psychiatric nurses my mom tried to get me into that but uh yeah i mean you you, you got all that different stuff but you also do have kind of like the the general nurses if you will that are kind of like the general doctors again like the er nurses and stuff like this but we haven't heard from james so let him get in here. Yeah, I particularly don't really like hospitals. <laughs> um, I just feel like all they want is money, basically. And uh, I, I don't know. I guess I'm just paranoid about them. Like I feel like if something's wrong with me, they're not going to give a shit. If like, say See, I don't have insurance or something, they're not going to okay. care. They're just going to be like, "Oh fuck this guy." I, like, I guess I just some... I just feel like it's all about money with them, and I feel like I won't be able to. You know what I mean? It won't ever be a reason why there's something wrong with me, like, if there is something wrong with me. Like, well, like always be this or that, or just, they'll be just throwing shit out there. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's I, like, I, well, when you have insurance, they can just, just rape your insurance company with all kinds of second. shit. And, uh, they do do that. I mean, not everywhere. Oh, yeah, I've, I've seen it. Look at it this way, too, James. Like, yeah, hospitals do charge a lot. Things that they also have to pay a lot too. They have to pay the doctors, the nurses, the techs, the specialists, I, the overhead just to keep the hospital running. Okay. And for people who don't have, like, say, insurance, I know you know a few people I know who don't have money, constantly go to ER when they have problems, and they got to pay that too. Like, really, it costs a lot to run a hospital, and yeah, they they want to make money, but the money isn't just for you know their own pockets. They're renovating the hospital, buying new equipment, getting new training for nurses and doctors and techs. Like, basically, yeah, they are charging a lot, and some hospitals do are for profit, or that, or they say they're not, but really, the money is, most of the money, at least, is going to a good place, that's what I'm trying to say. Going back to the education, the amount of work they got to put in, the schooling, all that stuff, I feel like the reason they're paid so much is to, you know what I mean, it's like a big payoff from doing all that work. I feel yeah, like if they incentive. didn't make so much money, yeah, I feel like if they, if, if doctors didn't make so much money, there wouldn't be many doctors. Okay. They would be more honest, I feel like, but... I just, you know what I mean? People just want money. That's that's what it's about. Well, it's like another thing, too, is, you know, these doctors, they're 
they're not just you know doctors, not there's not just you know people who work who work in a hospital. These are experts. These are people who can be said are experts, and they get paid because of that expertise, like specialists and stuff, like say a dermatologist. They're getting paid yeah. because they know almost everything about skin, about skin diseases, about you know. Yeah. Everything to deal with skin, so that's why they're getting paid so much. Is because if you need somebody, here they are. It's also yeah. it's also kind of like almost one of those double uh, double edged swords because if you don't pay them enough, then it, there's no incentive. Like somebody I don't remember who said it, but incentive, there's no incentive. But if you also think about with uh, again this uh, to Nick's point, this is way off topic, but teachers, right? They it, people say like teachers need to get paid uh, way more money than what they do, but if you pay teachers too much money. People will get into teaching for the wrong reason. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. And, and you know they'll they'll get into they'll get into teaching not get a flying fuck about students, but they're they're looking to bank like eighty grand a year. You know what I mean? If you if you get it up to that, they're like, I don't give a fuck about them kids. I'm banking eighty grand a year. So I mean, should teachers get paid a little bit more than what they do? Yeah, but not a huge leap because you don't want people that get into it for the wrong reasons. And if you quit paying if you quit paying doctors really really super over the top high amounts, then people are going to quit getting into it because it's not worth the. Uh, the amount of time and stuff that they put into it to get paid like 50 grand or whatever a year it's not it's not worth it so another thing too is so, about doctors getting paid a whole lot um let's say you're a doctor and you have to tell somebody they're dying you know the next person you got to see has a broken leg like and they're bitching and whining a, about that it's a lot of emotional stress yeah a lot of emotional stress you know you're after how many how many people do you have to tell that they're dying to that you just become burned out mm-hmm. and like having a lot of if you had you got paid you know very little you would, you know, just quit or, you know. Yeah. Greg, <laughs> do you agree or disagree or? Yeah. Is anything that we have said now triggered you to think anything other than to just re, uh, restate what the actual question is? Yeah, I. Um, you guys have both said stuff that I had never considered uh, before, like the whole thing about, you know, you go to school for all the like special training and you got all this like debt and stuff and then also the fact that the higher up you are in the ladder as a doctor uh the more responsibilities you have and the higher chance that if you fuck up then uh it's gonna like basically end your career um because we are kind of reversed my decision that i guess you know doctors do kind of get paid the right amount then I still think that they get paid entirely too much money, except for my only exception to this are surgeons. Okay, surgeons. What? Yes. However, the fuck you say that word. They don't get paid enough money. I mean, unless they're just like you know the basic level surgeons. But if if you're doing like open heart surgery or brain surgery or whatever it is, then you by all means should make a million dollars a year. You know, if you're successful at your fucking job and you and you're doing it right. Now another surgery. We've talked about this a couple of different times on the show before that uh, interests me. And um, Nick, I'm looking for for your input primarily on this. Do you feel like a surgeon should be get a surgeon that would perform this particular surgery uh, get paid a lot of money? For example, your uh, greatest desire, if you go back to episode three, Nick's greatest desire is to what? Nick, birth a child. Bear and birth a child is Nick's greatest desire, but we talk about on that episode that he would need uh, the uterus, the eggs, uh, uh, the tubes, and so on and so forth. Now, if you go back to that episode, you can hear everything that we were going to say about it, but if a doctor, a surgeon, was capable of performing that surgery onto you to where you could have both 
orifices and uh, reproduce with yourself and whatnot like we talk about on the episode. That doctor, in my opinion, should be paid a shitload of money to be capable of doing that successfully. Would and, you, you know, agree or disagree? I, I agree. I mean, he, he also has to think about the moral consequences of it. I mean, he's giving me the ability to reproduce at will. Yeah, he needs to... He needs to get a lot, not just a lot of money from the job. He needs to get a lot of money directly from me because that's a, uh, that's a lot of. He needs to, you know, I I need to pay off that sin tax right there. To keep kind of with what we were just discussing now, this is a follow-up question from episode 51. Nick, you weren't on episode 51. Adam, you were also not on episode 51, but both of you have heard the episode. We talked about in episode 51. If you were about to seal the deal with what you believed was a female. You pull them panties down, big old dong just flops out there and slopping in your <laughs> face. What do you do? That's what we talked about on episode 51. So if you want to hear what we had to say, go back and listen to it there. But this is a follow-up question to it. Let's say when you're in this situation, you pull down them panties and there's actually a puss there. And if you want to know what that question is, you're going to have to tune in next week when we continue this discussion. That does it for this episode of 30 Minutes of Mayhem. I have been your host. My name is Michael Mayhew, and I have been here with my co-hosts. James and Greg. Don't forget to check us out on iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, Android, all of that stuff. Uh, we're available on YouTube, and donate to us, because we could really, 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 really use the, the money, because we... Broke. Go ahead and donate on uh, PayPal. Yeah, I hope you've enjoyed this episode and maybe you learned a thing or two. Because uh, I know I did. I don't know about Greg. I don't know if he paid attention the whole time. Greg, did you pay attention the whole time? Yeah. Lies. All right. Later, fellas. Uh-uh. <laughs>